0: This is Wyman and Bob
1: on Seattle Sports Station. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio.
2: Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave
1: Wyman and Bob Stelton.
2: Welcome, everybody. It's Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710 and seattlesports.com. Hope you're all having a great day out there. Friday edition of the program, always a fun day. We've got mean text coming up in the 5 o'clock hour at 545, so you guys can uh, start getting creative right now. Start thinking about what you'd like to say, the mean things you want to say to us. Just, again, be creative. That's all we ask of you. Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. 979 3776 Powered by Mac and Jack's Brewing Company, so that's coming up. we got Tom Leach will join us at three o'clock. He is the voice of the University of Kentucky Wildcats. their play by play man. We'll get some get some uh, scouting, get some insight on will Levis, a name that's been attached to the Seahawks and a couple of mock drafts and uh, just get his take on what kind of a player he is and maybe some other players from that Kentucky team that'll be coming out for the draft, so we'll talk to him at three o'clock. Joe Nash. The great Joe Nash, Seahawks legend, will join us at 4 o'clock today. So we'll uh, have a fun conversation with him. This hour of Wyman and Bob is brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. So there we go. Joe Nash, when's the last time you spoke to him? Man, it's been maybe four or five years. We've texted each
0: other a little bit. But I uh, yeah, played with Joe for, what, six years, I guess. He played 15 in the NFL. So he's back in Boston. And uh yeah, I just was looking up. Uh, I I knew that he had blocked a lot of kicks in his career. Ten. I think mm. I think the one I saw on YouTube, one of them was in the preseason. But, um, yeah, I mean, for a guy who was 6'3", close to 300 pounds, he just was able to get skinny inside and just kind of <laughs> swim the, the guard or the center. And, uh, yeah, he was just a, a really good player. But he was part of, you know, last week we had Jacob Green on. He was part of the – the three guys that really ran that defense, and it was Jeff Bryant on one end, Jacob Green on the other, and Joe in the middle. Where's Jeff these days? Jeff is back in, uh, I think he's back in Georgia is where he's from. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if he's in Atlanta. I think he's in Atlanta. I sent him a, a book when Bob Condota and I wrote that book. Um, you know, We uh, we sent that to him because he was one of the underrated players, I thought, in uh, in the history of the Seahawks. just didn't get... As much notoriety as uh, as he probably should have, mm. as did far as he, Pro Bowls. Did he respond like to it? Did he say, "Hey, thanks. yeah, I sent it to him." Yeah, he he sent me a nice text. So, okay. Jeff, a man of few words. Okay, uh, yeah, but when he spoke, you listened. But, and Why why'd they call him Boogie? I don't know, man. He a good I, I, I just remember every year. I don't know why they called him Boogie, but sixty three sacks for him, mm. and I think uh, that Joe had pretty much the the same type of numbers, but. um Every year he would get the uh, the knockoff bags. The, you know, remember the uh, they called it Louis Taiwan oh, yeah. uh, bags. <laughs> the yeah.
2: imp- impostors.
0: Yeah. Every year he would sell those. He would bring a whole bunch of men. I don't know if he like shipped them in from wherever, <laughs> Taiwan. I guess. Jeff Bryant would sell those. Jeff. Yeah. And they, so they called them boogie bags.
2: Oh, boogie bags for sale. Did boogie everybody bags. buy them? Uh, a few people did. <laughs> did yeah. you? No, of course not, <laughs> imagine Wyman walking around with a Louis Taiwan bag
0: yeah, <laughs> that, yeah, that was fit. not really my uh yeah, what would I put in there Levi's and t shirts
2: yeah, yeah your your flip flops and yeah. shorts and a hat or something, yeah, exactly that's funny, all right well, we'll- t- looking forward to talking to Joe Nash, uh, one of the great uh all time Seahawks so members of the Seahawks, so we will uh talk to him coming up at four o'clock. Meanwhile, it's interesting looking, we were looking after the show yesterday at, at some of these, you know, right now this is when every website attached to a specific sport that's in the offseason will put out their top list. You know, we're going through MLB Network every day. They've got the top 10 at this position and top 10 at that position, and we're all sucked into that. Nonsense that's going on there, the, their catcher list. Uh, well, but, yeah, and we waited around for that. Yeah, and they, they, but hey, they did their job. We sat there, tuned in, just eagle eye on it. Is Cal Raleigh going to be on the list? Is he going to be? No, but it's a talking point. They get people talking about it, they get people debating it. That's the goal. So you're, you're seeing different, you know, different projections out there, different, you know, levels of excitement about certain teams, certain acquisitions, things like that. But it feels like Kind of universally, the Mariners have some excitement nationally. Not talking about you know yeah. what we think or what the local divish people around here think. Nationally, there seems to be a level of optimism about this team going. And, and there should be because even if they didn't add anybody, they're still a good team. Now, we're, are they a World Series team if they didn't add? No, they're not. But are they a good team, a winning team? Absolutely. And you expect the young guys to get better. So you they'll take a, you know, depending on how much better these guys become, the young guys... You take a step, then you add in some of the veterans they brought in. We'll see what that what that adds up to. But there does seem to be a sense of excitement and anticipation about it. And Scott Service with us was talking about his excitement, just seeing the young core guys, whether it's Julio, whether it's Cal, it doesn't matter, just seeing what they look like with that year under their belt.
3: It's been fun to see the development of our young players and kind of how this whole thing has played out. You know, we took a major step back a few years ago understanding that we were going to go through a little pain there for a while to get hopefully get to the point we're at right now where we did end the drought we busted through we've made it into the playoffs now i gotta take the next step but i'm so proud of the group i love going to work every day with the group that we have and knowing that we're going to have the the core of our group together for quite some time when they're all young like that you control them for a while and uh, hopefully we can control these guys for you know the majority of their careers uh, as we move forward together they're really good players they care they're focused on getting better and i think that's what all great athletes do it doesn't matter just focus on getting better
2: so they're headed the right way they've got the right mentality I I understand why he would be excited to see you know what's Kirby look like this year what does Logan Gilbert look like this year I mean they're all hopefully going to take that next step and and just you know maybe Jared Kelnick could come along for the ride that'd be fun Uh, but -hmm. just the young guys really starting to carry the load for this team yeah which is so exciting and that that's where I, I think I think a lot of people get lost that way
0: like you know as far as adding uh you know free agency um I, I to me the most exciting thing is the development of of the the guys that you know are like Taylor Tremell. i mean you know you could have a a surprise a real surprise come out of this i mean last year was Cal Raleigh i mean you know he got sent down early in the year that we we talked about quite a bit and you know, you didn't really expect him to, to get better. I mean, there wasn't a whole lot of anti- – obviously, Julio, there was tons. But, you know, as far as the, the younger guys, that's that's where I put most of my faith is in those guys. That's, that's where I get excited, the, the young guys. Like even Jared Kelnick, you know, that they're just going to continue to get better. I, I think with the, the guys that they signed, you know, you, you kind of go, all right, that's, that's what happened last year. You know, you felt pretty good going in with Jesse Winker and Adam Frazier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got Robbie Ray also, you know, because those guys bad 300 the year before. But you never know what, what you're going to get, right, with yeah. the guys, the free agents that you, you sign. Maybe they have, have an off year or whatever. And maybe Adam Frazier goes somewhere and bats 300 again. I don't know. But, you know, just had kind of a, an off year, both of those guys.
2: Yeah, no, They, they youth-wise, you know, especially in Winker's case, you felt good about a guy who was an all-star, yeah. hit 24 home runs. He was coming off a great year and, was, pre- you know, people talked about him. We weren't watching him, so we're relying on reports, and he's, you know, one of the best left fielders in the game just overall. Certainly that didn't take his defense into account, as we learned. But, yeah. you know, it just didn't work here. It didn't work. But, yeah, there was a reason to be optimistic. You got a younger guy on a multi-year deal who – was coming off a great year an all-star year so gave you every reason to be excited that's not a guarantee that it works you know it it, and we'll we'll see what the guys do this year you've got guys that have achieved things um you know a little older AJ Pollock's 35 years old coming off a really down year with the White Sox so but you didn't commit much to him you're it's a one year you're taking a flyer on him and hoping he can you know recapture what he had been in years previous if it works great if it doesn't you didn't. You're not strapped to that guy. You're not. You're not carrying that contract around for years to come. So I, I get it from that perspective, of looking at it, going, all right, it's a, it's a low risk, high reward move. And the same mm-hmm. is true for Colton Wong. We talked to him. Yeah, he's on a one year deal essentially. He's got one year left on his contract. So it's it's you know it's both those guys. You're you're looking to impress this year. You've got guys that should be motivated to say, I, I need to show this league I still have value and can bring something to the table. So if it's not in Seattle. Somebody else is going to look at this tape, look at my season and say, we need to bring this guy over. They're working for their next contract.
0: Yeah. Well, and and so same thing with uh, Teasker Hernandez, you know, and I. Going somewhere where you kind of get a clean slate. I mean, I think people obviously are going to look at their numbers and what you're getting and everything. But I can I can tell you when when I went to Denver, I mean, it was like uh, you know I didn't have all the baggage with me, and f- so for those guys, much like it was for me, it's it's a chance to all of a sudden you know shine, take your your uh, your game to the next level, and you feel like the the coaches and the fans and everybody they don't really know that much about you, and so it's a clean slate. For yeah. those guys, and you know, for for Colton Wong, who who made number nine on the list for second baseman, that's coming off a year where he had was it fourteen or seventeen? Seventeen. <laughs> I've said fourteen every <laughs> yeah. time, and Bob, I know will correct me. Yeah, I was like, I knew, I, I think I heard seventeen, but that's pretty, that's pretty remarkable that he's still in the top ten list. I mean, they must be you know looking
2: at his career, you know, in total because he's a two time Gold Glover. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. He's, and, and there's every reason to believe, especially if, you know, take him at his word when we had him on talking about the shift was more of a problem for him than a, than a help, you know, and it's a bit counterintuitive because you think of anybody on that side of the field going, well, you, you've got very little space to cover. You got three guys now. So your range is, is sort of taken out of the equation. You got, you know, the ball getting through isn't as nearly as likely. You don't have to be as agile perhaps, or have as much range. And, but he talked about being, You know, as a second baseman, he then becomes the short right fielder. Right. And some of the hops the ball would take off the lip of the grass, and he didn't, he just visually didn't pick up the ball very well standing out in right field. So I I get that. It'll be interesting to see, you know, how much of a bounce back year he has defensively. Because we, what was the guy's name again we talked to from Milwaukee?
1: Oh, Todd Rosiak. Rosiak. That's right.
2: Yeah, we we talked to him, and he, he was, for the most part, singing his praises. The one thing that stuck with me was him saying, "Yeah, you know, he had 17 errors, and if we're being honest, it could have been a few more. He got some favorable scoring. know yeah. <laughs> like wow, okay, that it really was a rough year, you know, and and it it seems like something that could be corrected with the shift going away, and that he's in a spot where he sees the ball, he picks up the ball the way he was taught to his entire career. That's the way he saw the ball coming off the bat rather than shifting out to right field. Now, shift wasn't that new. It's been going on for years now. Yeah. So it's just interesting that last year it became problematic. Well, the guy in Milwaukee, kind of like uh, Mark Schlereth in Denver, told
0: us that Noah Fant wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, he said he was a guy. <laughs> yeah, Sh- Noah Stink called him a guy. He he was the number three receiver. So, um, But, yeah, I no, I, I think – it's a chance for him, you know, and, and both guys really. When you look at also Teoscar Hernandez, and that's the thing that that you heard a lot when the shift was being talked about, and when it's going away, and that's that um, the the guys that hit the ball hard are going to be rewarded. Yeah, and that's that's what happened. A lot of those were taken away from Hernandez, so I, I think you know Colton Wong talking about, and I'm curious if they had that conversation, if he had that conversation, probably with Perry Hill, that hey. You know this this might help me because yeah. you know I'm now all of a sudden and you know it'll be interesting to see how Perry Hill goes to work on these guys but you know you have two two players that are on the list at MLB in in the top ten that you know really I think it 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 builds up for them to have a good year for a bounce uh, you know a bounce back year or an improved year for both Colton Wong and Teoscar Hernandez because of the shift going away
2: yeah it's it's gonna be you know and it, again it's it's in a way, it's good to have guys that are out there with something to prove. Not that they wouldn't be trying otherwise, or they're not motivated otherwise, yeah. but there's just, I, I think, probably a different focus. Like, this is it, man. I'm, I'm only I'm only guaranteed this one year, and nothing after this is guaranteed. I'm playing for my livelihood. Yeah. And you've got guys, again, coming in off down years, with the exception of Tay Oscar. He didn't come off. He hit right. 25 home runs last year, uh, drove in 77. So he's not – his average was down a little bit, but – Pollock had a bad year. It was not. It was not a good year for him in Chicago. Colton, we just talked about his defensive struggles. I don't know what happened against lefties last year. Down year for him. Yeah, you know who else? LaStella. La you know, okay. He, that that's just kind of a a depth pickup to me. So I'm not really looking at that as this big acquisition. But you know, it, it's for the most part the guys they went after were guys with something to prove. They yeah. didn't, they didn't invest in you know multi year deals with anybody. Yeah, and
0: you know w- what I said about the you know the clean slate too. I mean, obviously that didn't work out for Adam Fraser and uh, and Jesse Winker, right? Yeah, they <laughs> get, they both get another clean slate. Yeah, <laughs> sure, exactly. Yeah, so you know, we'll see. But um, I feel like you know they told us many times bob that they weren't going to sign anybody for a 10 year deal 250 300 million dollars they just weren't going to do that so you know
2: you hope you get the the best out of uh, out of every one of these guys they signed well we saw this article yesterday or espn put out this article and the headline is way too early 2023 mlb lineup rankings so acknowledging this is Ridiculous. On some level, we haven't seen any of these guys together. There's a lot of new faces and different teams and guys that'll be called up, guys that won't be there. So it's it's acknowledging it there that it's way too early. But this is as they see it right this moment on paper, and um, this is written by Bradford Doolittle from ESPN. So he's got here's his list, and it's it's all it's all of baseball. It's not just National League, American League. Number one, they've got the San Diego Padres as their number one way too early lineup, and then they give you. They give you an you know a bit of a, a few paragraphs as to why they feel the way they do about it. Uh, number two in this, the St. Louis Cardinals. So you got the Padres, the Cardinals at two at three, the Atlanta Braves. And they, they list the lineup as they see it, and again, they give, you, they give you their take on why they're putting them there. Number four, first American League entry, the Houston Astros, mm-hmm. cheaters. So we'll move on from them. <laughs> number five, another American League team, the team you beat in the postseason, the Toronto Blue Jays which do have a very good lineup. I actually thought they'd be a little higher, but uh, they've got them at five. They've got the Dodgers at number six. And then you look at number seven in all of baseball in the way too early lineup rankings. They've got the Seattle Mariners at number seven. And the way they write it out, this is just them. This doesn't mean this is what the lineup will look like, but they've got Julio in the leadoff spot, Ty France, Suarez three, Teoscar Hernandez cleanup, Colton Wong, Cal Raleigh, JP Crawford, AJ Pollock and Jared Kelnick. And that's your that's your lineup right there. I mean that number 7 in all of baseball and this is a team that the past 2 years the biggest deficiency, the biggest problem has been their offense. And we just talked about they brought in guys that were, you know, outside of Hernandez, guys that are coming off down years for various reasons. Mm-hmm. Yet they're showing their level of optimism and A, the youth taking that next step forward, and then B, the guys they brought in sort of bouncing back yeah that that's uh, it's pretty remarkable. I mean like like you said, we got a
0: lot of love from MLB Network because the you know the top 10 lists you mentioned uh yeah they get we got four uh, players there, so yeah well, it's, it's interesting. I mean usually I, I feel like don't Seattle teams usually get screwed by the national
2: media That's the belief It's kind of what we're used to, right, or at least we talk ourselves into yeah we just, well, we acknowledge it in a big way when it happens, and then yeah. when it doesn't happen, we just talk. Right, <laughs> but when it does happen, we're like, "See, East Coast bias. They don't pay attention to this corner of the of the map. You know, yeah. it's it's a convenience thing, Dave. Yeah, well, and then MLB Network, the, the
0: top ten list they did, um, they they had Cal Raleigh, a couple of them anyway, and I don't know how many people MLB Network were the
2: in. individuals. Yeah, they yeah. had the four individuals up at the desk, and they had their own individual list, right? You know, outside of the. Their, their official rankings yeah and i think there
1: was two of them that had cal either think, seventh or eighth i think they something. all had cal didn't they yeah and actually one of the guys uh mike and i remember we had trouble with his last name before petriello we're going to talk yeah. to him monday yeah. so we can ask him about that but yeah they all had him and then the official list did not have cal raleigh
2: yeah so they yeah. all had him on there in different spots on their list but he was he was top 10 in all of their minds but obviously they didn't contribute to the final number i guess not <laughs> i guess not <laughs> yeah
0: so that that was that was kind of encouraging so and uh, you know you no, know, look, I, I think especially for Cal, I mean, that's a guy that you really saw. I think a lot of it was, you know, he hits the the walk off home run and, and he had a you know, good good series, a good September, all of that. But you know, you you talk about an underdog. I mean a guy who came back from getting sent down and wasn't happy about it and uh came back and just did nothing but
2: ascend. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Some of the you know, again, they put the you guys can check this out, this article on ESPN. But, you know, they they give you a little blurb on each each lineup, why they picked them where they did. And they've got best traits for each one and then worst traits for the Mariners. Best traits, speed, long ball, gap to gap and patience. Mm -hmm. Worst traits. And again, we're talking about lineups. Their worst trait, contact. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Seems a little counterintuitive for a lineup Whoops. that you've got a right. Number seven, their worst trade, contact. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just you, can, you guys can read it and, and, and check it out. And they, they talk about, hey, they, they like the way it looks. They'd like to see fewer strikeouts in the lineup. Eh, you got guys who strike out a lot. Obviously, that's, that charge is led by Suarez. That's kind of who he is. What did, what did Service uh, tell us the other day that, that when they faced him a couple of years ago when he was with Cincinnati? And he had nine at-bats in the series and struck out nine times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right. I didn't, Forgot about really? That. I didn't even know that. That is yeah. that is crazy. But, yeah, obviously he's, there's a lot that comes with him outside of that. But that, that was that was an amazing moment there. I, I hadn't even realized that. But check that article out. It's just interesting to see the level of confidence, though, on a national level, at least from this guy anyway, about this lineup.
0: Yeah, well, and he also at the end says, France is a hitter with decent power, good strike zone command, and excellent contact ability. Yeah, he, he's so, not part of the contact. Not part probably. of the lack of
1: contact. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's take two. The Seahawks' assistants are uh, getting some looks around the league. Sean Desai is interviewing with the Broncos for their defensive coordinator job, while QB coach uh, Dave Canales will have a second interview with the Ravens for their offensive coordinator spot on Monday.
2: Yeah, and I was reading that uh, the Ravens are also bringing in Byron Leftwich for that spot as well, for wow. a conversation, an interview about that spot. So we'll see if, it's, if Dave Canales is going to be the guy. I feel like just looking at this based on what we saw this past season, Dave, the bigger loss would be Dave Canales. We've talked about the problems with the defense and, you know, just the inconsistency across the board. Desai hasn't really been, you know, this is his first year here. So I guess I'm just not really that attached to what what it is he does because the defense was kind of disappointing last it year. Was. So if he were to, I'm not wishing him, you know, get him out of here. He's terrible. Maybe they rebound in a big way this year. But if we're going to lose somebody, I wouldn't feel that bad yeah, about it. it, it it does break
0: down, I think, for most people, because yeah, you think who was the biggest shock, who was the biggest surprise? It was Gino, yeah, and who was this coach? Uh, so Dave Canales, yeah, did a, did a great job, but um, and yeah, I'm, I'm curious who they're going to replace him with if that's the if that's the case. But yeah, Sean Desai, I, there's no doubt that he's a really smart football coach. I'd, I, you know, and I I think maybe it wasn't fair to judge him on on one year, but I just expected such a huge turnaround defensively.
1: Well, Derek Carr seemed to be uh, the star of the Pro Bowl skills competition yesterday. First, he had maybe the best joke of the day saying this. You've
3: thrown touchdown passes in Vegas before. You've been on fire. Have you ever been that hot in Las Vegas? Not that hot. Uh, That's probably why I'm going somewhere else.
1: <laughs> nice. So we kind of had some fun with that. And then he also wow. admitted that uh he's not going to let the Raiders extend the February 15th deadline that they have in order to trade or release him. So, if the Raiders keep him on the roster after February 15th, Carr gets 40.4 million dollars. So it seems like uh the Raiders have to make a decision pretty soon.
2: No, they'll release him. I mean, if they can't work out a trade by then, they're going to release him. They're not going to pay him forty plus million dollars. It also so,
1: means he'll be the first quarterback on the free agent right. market. So right. of, He'll set the stage yeah. there. For so he's else.
2: he's doing the right thing. I mean, if you're him and his agent, you're ab- that's absolutely the right move. Yeah. Well, and he won the the uh, Pro Bowl skills competition. He
3: looked good, so man. he
0: must be really. Yeah, he did look
2: good. <laughs> he looked pretty darn good there.
0: Yeah, and you know, I mean, you're getting a, a pretty good guy, and he's a, he's a good leader. So yeah. yeah, we've we've raved about Derek Carr. Not raved, but I mean, he's always, he's kind of a, an interesting conversation as far as quarterbacks go.
2: I like the self-deprecating humor. Yeah, Yeah, that that was good. Not that hot. That's why I'm probably going somewhere else. That's awesome. All right, Take Two is brought to you by Swedish Cyberknife. Treat prostate cancer with Swedish Cyberknife. Swedish.org slash Cyberknife Prostate. Coming up, Jerry Depoto brought up a guy that we kind of forgot about who could play a key role on this team. We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710. Wyman and Bob,
1: powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio
3: on Seattle's Sports Station. Funny text.
2: The one with the pictures? Yeah. Yeah, that was creative. Looked like something you would do. It does. (laughs) Very childish. This hour of Wyman and Bob is brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. Again, a reminder, coming up at 3 o'clock today, we'll get a little scouting report on a name that's been attached to the Seahawks in a couple different mock drafts. That's uh, Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. So we'll speak with Tom Leach, who's the play-by-play man for the University of Kentucky at 3 o'clock. And then Seahawks legend Joe Nash will join us at 4 o'clock today. Mean text at 545. So uh, stay tuned for all of that. Now, it it was interesting to hear Jerry bring up a name when he was on uh, Rock and Salt, brought up a name that we haven't really brought up that often for good reason, sort of out of sight, out of mind. But talked about Evan White, a guy that they paid a few million dollars to. Locked him in, and he's had nothing but injury concerns, unfortunately. He's a guy that's loaded with talent, but, man, just can't stay healthy. Here's, uh, here's where Jerry's talking about his health and what, you know, what it is he believes he can bring to the team.
3: You know, right now, our medical people, our trainers and strength coaches – couldn't be more excited about where he is physically. I think that's true of Evan himself. He's had a really long couple of years with very real injuries. and But this is an incredibly athletic player who, uh, I think, and I've said this before, is as good as any defensive first baseman I've ever laid an eye on. He's just a, as smooth, silky. There is no such thing as a bad hop with, with Evan at first base. And, you know, to have him back in a good place, he can swing the bat. He hits the ball hard you know before you know going back down with another setback in September his final month last year in Tacoma was just you know eye open
0: that is amazing to hear uh and look based and he's I mean, not wrong <laughs> yeah and whatever you think about jerry i mean The best defensive first baseman I've ever put eyes on? I mean, that's... Yeah, I don't
2: know. I mean, maybe that's hyperbole, but it's... I don't know. He looked fantastic. Now, it was the pandemic-shortened season, but he he gets a gold glove. One error that year. He was... I mean, he is really good. He is a very, very good defensive first baseman, without question. His issue, his issues, health and hitting. Yeah, Couldn't hit. (laughs) Well, it's a pretty big one.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean that—that's the thing, and he's—he's he's a great guy too. I—he's one of our, I think, our best interviews up there with Taylor Trammell and you know Cal. We—we we really fond of that guy, but to me, uh, Evan White, yeah, was one of one of my favorites. And you know, he was one of those guys, Bob, that we asked like, "What's your favorite kind of play?" And he says, "Anytime I can help out a teammate, and especially you know, like a bad throw coming in." And he didn't mention anything about bad throws, but you know. Uh, I think I got a. That's a great question from him, Bob mm-hmm. uh, Evan White. I nah, believe I so because I, I asked him. I'm like, I, I remember do you, that. Do you remember? You know the the time, the times where you misjudged a ball and it hit you in the face or in the head or something. And He said something about getting hit in the head and how it it made him really mad. <laughs> and so and so, know, <laughs> yeah, I guess he just decided. You know what? I'm not going to let that happen anymore. So, but yeah, just you know that was 54 games. Uh, or he played in 52 games that year. Uh, and and one error, and uh, you know if you're going to make any errors, I mean first baseman, that's that's a tough go, especially with uh, you know the ball coming in and whether it's going to bounce off the grass sometimes and sometimes off the dirt. Pretty incredible what what he did, but man, if you could just get him to, I mean that year. What was his batting average? Was not good. One
2: seventy six was not good, man. So, He's yeah. got pop. If he makes contact, it's going to go a long way. He's one of those guys that hits the ball hard, which is true. But man, we we just talked about that critique of the Mariners lineup, which they had ranked number seventh on e- number seven on ESPN. But they said you know one of the weaknesses was contact. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's his yeah. weakness, his contact. Now, here he is. Uh, he went on to talk about what the plan is for Evan White going into this season. He'll
3: come to string training. You know, he needs he needs A He's missed a lot of plate appearances over the last two years, and you know that what that looks like. He'll compete for a spot on the roster. The likelihood is we'll want him to to gather up some at bats in, in AAA and get back to some type of of routine. But he's got the talent where you don't hold him back. There's there's really it, – it's, it's up to his health to determine the impact that he can have on our team. And we're still hopeful that that's a real thing.
0: That's one of the interesting questions I, I think that I've had anyways. What if he does come up and, and just rake and hits really well? What do you do with uh, with Ty France? Because, look, Ty France is a really good first baseman. Mm-hmm. And you know I think especially him picking it up the way that he did. Now, he, I think he played there a little bit, but he was mostly playing third base,
2: right? ty france in his career and so I, I just keep going back to divish's comments when we're asking him about how does he look at third base and he said yeah. for a third baseman he's a really good dh <laughs> it's just it wasn't a favorable review and it could have just been at the time i mean now he's had some time under his belt working with perry now it's been at first base so that's a that's a different beast there but that yeah. divish is such a rascal isn't he is he, he is <laughs> he's I in, like how put he's put incorrigible <laughs> <laughs> they put him on a pic, uh, what was the picture they put up of
0: him at the with that press goofy, conference?
2: Goofy pack that they're giving away. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the waste what do you even pack? call that thing? It's not the fanny pack because it goes across like uh, like the old cowboys with the bullets across the chest. Yes. Okay, I don't know what you call that. <laughs>
1: it's like a uh, crossbody fanny pack. That's yeah, is that what it is? Like. What it is? Yeah.
2: its I'm going to be honest. It's really stupid looking. Is it, it only because it was on
1: Divish? Well, it no. It nice. just
2: I think in anybody, and we've seen yeah. we've seen people around the building. Wearing them, and it's it's really dumb-looking in person, too. I don't get the the fashion statement. This isn't a divish
0: On league, that just,
1: giveaway day, you can have Bob's, whoever's oh, listening. Oh, yeah, I, you can have it. You, uh, you know what? It.
0: Hopefully it's uh, when we're out at Edgar's and everybody can bring their fanny pack to Bob. Oh, no. no bring no, it no. to
2: Bob. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> this is, and I don't know what the, well, This isn't... It, it's a fanny pack that goes
1: over your chest, right. is what it is. I don't know what I'll it's called. I'll go find it. They... Um, the Mariners emailed out all those promotions. So yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll find it.
0: Well, they were sort. Of, it was sort of a tongue-in-cheek thing because they show a close-up of you know the strap and the bag and everything, and it's obviously on somebody, and then it pans out and. It's Ryan Divish wearing it. <laughs> <Yeah. so.
1: laughs>
0: that, was, that got quite the laugh. But the second the fanny pack thing came on, Bob turns around and looks at me with a disgusted look. I was Isn't, like, like yeah. no, no, no. No, it's, no, no.
2: It's really stupid. No bueno.
0: Yeah. The only thing you could probably that would make it even better would be is if you have a mullet and a mustache. Oh, my goodness. And then that
2: that pack. No no okay. shortage of people to model that, Dave, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but getting getting back to... To Evan White, I mean, let, let's play out the hypothetical. He's healthy and he can hit. We know his glove is is fantastic. Yeah, how does he fit? Do you do you pull Ty France from first base and just make him your DH because yeah. Suarez is your third baseman? You just signed Colton Wong, and you've got Dylan Moore who you just resigned as well. Presumably, the the priority will be for him to to uh, you know rotate at second base with Colton Wong. So where? Just playing the hypothetical, I'm just going. All right, do you really pull Ty France from first base? And I guess he'd be your full time DH, and then he would spell, you know, Evan White at first if if he needs a day off. Or where was Ty France playing before when he did? was he he was just the DH? But did he play like out? He, in are you the talking field? when San Diego or yeah. when he first got here? Or when he first got here? Uh, they. Let me look at his game log. I want to look at his
0: game log. Cause... Yeah, because, you know, that's something Nelson uh, Cruz told us. Remember, I mean, he wasn't the greatest outfielder in the world, but a uh, great hitter. But he he liked being out in the field. He felt like that helped him. And so, you know, I don't know if that if Ty France feels that way, that like it helps him to, to be into the game, a little bit more into the game. Cal Raleigh apparently doesn't need to be in the game to go and hit a no. game clinching and playoff clinching home run. He Guy does didn't just fine by anything that. all day and then hits that. But uh yeah, I I wonder if that's what what they would do with Ty France if, and that's a big if. But it it's nice hearing that from Jerry. I mean, look, whatever you you think about Jerry DePoto, there's lots of people that think, "Oh, he's always Mr. Positive and everything." But I mean, You know him talking about his defense, and then that they couldn't be happier with the way things are going with him right now. Yeah, that makes it pretty exciting, man. I mean, that's somebody that you maybe next year we'll be talking about. Man, we weren't even talking about Evan White going into that season because you You kind of forgot about him. I mean, he's just
2: easy to when based on what he's done at the plate. Yeah, looking at at. Ty's Stats, just to answer your question. So he he came over in 20, which was obviously the pandemic year. So he played 20 games at first base for San Diego and 22 games at first base for Seattle. Okay. So it was first base, yeah. uh, let's see, and then 21. He played 106 games at first base. He played, I didn't realize he even played that many, but uh, started 19 and played 21 games at second base mm. in, in 21 for Seattle and then played five games at third. Uh, okay. And then he had 26 games as a DH. And mm-hmm. then in 2022, you know, he played one game at second, six games at third, and 127 at first base. Yeah.
1: I have He's, an important announcement, too. Oh, all right. We will be giving this this away on the second night of the ballpark, Friday night, college night. It is a cross body bag. All the cool kids are wearing these. Uh, The first 10,000 fans will uh, get one of these. And uh, the coolest of the cool kids is actually modeling this for us. And we look forward to seeing him rocking this in the pen for us on that Friday night. And they show Ryan yeah.
2: First of all, I like that's a damn lie. The cool kids are not wearing now, that. If
3: I don't end-
1: <laughs> Second of all, what do you call it? A cross body bag? Cross body bag.
2: Cross body bag.
1: I like And Divish. apparently Divish already has one, so it must be cool.
0: I think it's funny that they, they give him a hard time, and he kind of is the same. They have an interesting relationship between yeah. Divish and the Mariners, they made
2: the big head of him. Yeah. Which is weird. It's redundant because he's always got yeah. he's got a giant cranium.
0: <laughs> they hardly
2: had to blow it up at all. This <laughs> is actually a life-size picture.
0: But then there was a couple of times where they
2: showed him, like, eating a chocolate fudge oh, yeah. sundae. Yeah. And the oh, yeah. guys, Root
1: guy uh, has sports yeah.
2: has their fun with him. They yes. love it. They love it. Uh, cross body bag. Would you wear that? I know you wouldn't, Dave. Would you wear that no, non-ironically? Not at all. <laughs> just, no chance. I literally have only seen one person wear it. And it made sense. All of the cool kids. All of the cool kids. Oh, it made sense that he was wearing it? Yes. yeah. It fit his personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Very much so. All right. This hour of Wyman and Bob is brought to you by Muckleshoot Casino. You can't end your week without doing this. Finding out what's bugging Bob, but I'm thinking it might be Dave today. That's coming your way next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710. What's
0: bugging Bob? It
2: could be traffic. Hey, 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 hey.
3: It might be Angels fans.
2: I hate you. I hate you. I don't even
3: know you. And it's definitely Stephen A. Smith. I got a lot of problems with you people. It's time to find out what's bugging Bob.
2: Programming note coming up at 3 o'clock, we'll get a little insight on uh, Will Levis of Kentucky, a name that's been attached to the Seahawks in a few mock drafts out there. So Tom Leach, their their play-by-play man, will join us at 3 o'clock. Stay tuned for that. But right now, it's what's bugging Bob. And I think we made it pretty clear yesterday what that was. I think that was bugging all three of us. And that was MLB Network and the unveiling of their top 10 positions and then you know, for our purposes, while we're on the air and we're up against commercial breaks, they would just drag the daylights out of it. They would they would milk that for every last moment. They'd unveil the top eight at every position pretty fairly rapidly, and then the last two they they would drag out for an eternity before they announced them. And then they
0: screwed it up. Well, I'm telling you guys, both of you, you guys make fun of me for this, but they should have done it the other
2: way around. I'm telling you. Make people wait for 9 and 10. I'm guessing the ratings might have taken a dip in that that scenario.
1: So just sneak in 9 and 10 right at the
0: end. Well, your point, I I think, Mike, you were the most bothered by it because you're having to get us to breaks and stuff like that, which, uh, but you had a great point and that's that the top two guys are going to be the guys you want to talk about the most, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, they're obviously because they're
2: good. They, they finished first and second, and they, they had like ten seconds. Yeah. You know, they Probably the least amount of conversation on those two right. guys. So that was that was ridiculous. That that bugged everybody, but especially Lefko. I would say.
1: Well, I think logically, and yes, because it was affecting us, we were sitting here on pins and needles waiting to see these top two. Logically, you'd want to devote time. To these people, you know, maybe five to seven minutes on the number two person, maybe a good feature, a nice package on the number one person. Heck, even call up the person, have them on live because obviously they knew about these for a while. So maybe you can have old Corbin Burns on the air, except no, they snuck it in with like two minutes to go in the program. Brian Kenny just, you know, talked and talked and talked. And then they're like, oh. We have to do number one. Okay, yeah, Corbin Burns, all right, see you. we got to get off the air. Yeah.
0: I think
2: we found what's bugging
0: Left. There you out. go, J.D.
2: in the 509.
0: <laughs> <laughs> At first, I was going to say uh, the 425 says, uh, and that's me, uh, that Lefko needs to be more passionate, but then he continued down that path for quite a while there, so that was good, Mike. <laughs> I got well more done. along
2: that path, too. Well we, done. We really want to get in on that. Somebody, yeah. the 253, said it bugs him that we single out only Stephen A., I guess, in that open. Oh. Listen, if we if we put everybody that chronically bugged us on there, the the <laughs> open would never end. There would be no segment. It would just be an open. That's what we have the three forty five segment for. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Well, and look, oh, I would say why, man.
0: Yeah. 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 Something, there you go. That's something happened Florida. on the on the five twenty on the way here. So I guess there was a crash. Is that what it was?
1: Yeah, all of a sudden, was stopped it, in both directions. Why are you
2: asking Lefko? You were the one on the bridge. <laughs> I know, I didn't
0: see anything. I had to take a detour and go around. I had to turn, you know, where you get off on Montlake to go into UW. Yeah. And then hook a UE and then go through my normal path to get to five twenty in reverse that uh goes like Roanoke or something like that. Anyway. Do you put it in the sky
2: or you just go by memory?
0: No, I go by I I actually plugged it into my phone. Okay. That was the thing, because I was running a little late, but it said, Yeah, I'm gonna be here at 1258 and I plugged it in and it was like yeah oh, yeah basically what it told me yeah yeah go ahead and go across 520 bridge no <laughs> yeah, problem yeah. did it say it in that tone yeah yeah, yeah you're fine. Go ahead, you'll yeah, be fine and then <laughs> and then after I see that you know everything's closed off then I punch it into my phone and it, and it said oh by the way there's a crash up there what and tone you gotta did it go this that way in?
1: yeah yeah what it, tone did it say it
0: in after it realized it was a very uh, you know I don't know but I responded with a really pissed off you know uh response to my gps it's a couple of voices i taught that gps a that. lesson yes i did i was i punched my phone
2: <laughs> that'll teach it yeah
0: but i mean <laughs> you know what are you gonna do uh, what am i gonna do let that ruin my day no
1: we'll just uh, let it ruin your 245
0: yeah And we will move on i i missed out on a
2: chance to talk about will levi's <laughs> which you know people are going to call him that right I'm sure they probably already have Will Levi's yeah Yeah. he's not he's not a name that gets mentioned on the same at the same clip as you hear CJ Stroud and you know the others so he's in he's within the group he's within the group certainly but yeah I I would imagine he's going to be called that more than a few times and has been right (laughs) so well since well let's make it a trio anything Bob uh, well, no, mine was the MLB Network. Okay. I, I started this whole you ball You started rolling. that? Yeah, and then okay. Lefko just overtook it with his rage.
1: Gotcha. <laughs> That's what this segment's for, right? <laughs> That's what's bugging us. Yeah, yeah exactly. and, and
2: you made somebody's dream come true because J.D. in the 509 said, I want to hear what's bugging Lefko. You know the other thing bugging me? This commercial. These commercials that they're trying to do, the Caddyshack spinoffs, and they've got, they've got Tony Romo out there doing the Bill Murray thing, hitting the flowers.
1: Don't get me started on Tony Romo. It's not... <laughs> What was your you you took some guff on Twitter about that thing that you were? Well, Tony Romo talked over an important call, and it was he did terrible. What was the call? He ruined the Kansas City field goal. The Chiefs make this massively important field goal to win the game, and the second it goes through the uprights, there's Tony Romo. Whoa, oh, Jim, and this is the greatest thing. Blah blah blah. Cincinnati. Blah, blah. You know what you're supposed to do in a broadcast, you guys know. Lay out, let the moment breathe. It's TV also, so you don't have to talk, like on radio. The yeah. director and the producer are about to go to crowd shots. I know what's going to happen. They're about to cut to the sideline, about to cut to the crowd, about to let the moment breathe, and Tony Romo's yammering on and on about the Bengals and their incredible comeback story, and it's going to be for naught there's a lot bugging code today i wasn't the uh, one okay. who thought this by the way any quick search of tony romo you'll see he got roundly criticized well, for, that for different reasons well but no that call and a lot of other things too but it was wait, kind of a did you read the responses to your tweet some that don't understand broadcasting but from a broadcasting <laughs> perspective that's uh that's the first thing you should never do i like that he chalks up their
2: disagreement to they don't understand broadcasting <laughs> did you read the ones
1: that agreed though I there were a lot of that agreed. Yeah,
2: I read a lot of. I read most of what was what was coming <laughs> that's great, underneath that. It's a I great love, answer. That's a great response. Yeah, there, those that don't, don't get broadcasting, yeah. they were critical, but they clearly don't know what they're talking about. <laughs>
1: The ones that were critical of me being critical, they can go have a conversation with Tony Romo and see if they get a word in edgewise. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: well, you could throw Brian Kinney in that who yes. we're already complaining about. Throw those two in a room Lord. together. Well, oh. Brian
0: Kinney goes back to when they did the the YouTube broadcast with Ryan Roland Smith. Yeah. Yes. I mean, or was it Apple, whatever, no, that Apple, um, the Apple yeah. Wallet uh,
2: broadcast. But oh. yeah, I mean, it was like, please, can we can we hear somebody from our guy tell him to breathe. Ryan Roland Smith. He's Holy got way Lord. too many words. He's got yeah, way too many words oh, macro
0: but and you're right mike i mean tv and radio totally different you know i mean tv we all see it okay that's what I would do. If I, was, if I was a guy color either. guy, you know, I would we be like, see it.
2: well, folks, uh-huh. you, you saw it, right? <laughs> I mean. love, yeah, those that don't know anything about broadcasting. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> all right. Coming up, we know there's a quarterback who's been linked to the Seahawks in this draft. We're going to learn more about him from Kentucky play-by-play man Tom Leach. He'll join us next year with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports Station on 710.